Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. In that case, it's time to rip off the mask and get to the task. It's time to jump into the rotation. Welcome on Sunday. Here we are at the rotation in beautiful Ybor City, where it all began, as in the Prohibition. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah, name is yeah. Gary Stein. I'm the political director for Suncoast Normal, along with my co-host, Carlos Angel Armida. How are you doing today, Carlos? Carlos Jose Angel Lorenzo Monson Paz Rodriguez. I am Carlos. What's up, Gary? Those extra names are just basically the Catholic thing, well, right? Well, if I was, like, you know, in Cuba, I would be all of those things. But here, I'm just Carlos Jose Angel Armida. <laughs> okay, Jose Angel. How, how was your, your week this week? My week was pretty good. Um, lots of working. Lots of, uh, you know, Tampa right now is getting ready for the Super Bowl. So, you know, having the story in Ybor City where, you know, we're getting ready and, uh, you know, uh, checking out the crowd as it's going out. Um, lots of cops in Ybor right now telling people to put their masks on and whatnot. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean Tampa is going to stand, as Ybor City in particular, as an example for the entire country as to how to do things? I doubt that. <laughs> I, you know, okay, so I've got, I really, I, I have this thing about our mayor, Jane Castor. Um, I'm not necessarily her biggest fan. And part of the reason is because she plays a lot of politics because originally when uh, Tampa Bay uh, won the Super Bowl, she came out saying like, we can't wait for all the people to come and we can't wait for all everything to happen. And uh, she got, she did this press conference with the mayor of Clearwater and the mayor of St. Pete. And she's, all of them got together and we were ready for everybody to come where, you know, Tampa is going to be the best for the Super Bowl. And she was like, as far as COVID restrictions go, we've been cracking down a lot lately, but because the Super Bowl is coming, we figure everybody's got the point. So we're really not going to spend a lot of time enforce, enforcing COVID restrictions. And then a lot of people started complaining about that <laughs> so then she came out saying that she was so now there's a bunch of cops walking up and down the street on fridays and saturday nights the way ebor works is there's so many people out here late at night that there's a little bit of lawlessness that happens and then there's actually people that like come and hang like i have to tell people not to smoke blunts in front of the store sometimes mm -hmm. and uh, it's somewhat of it's a it, it's somewhat of a free thing you know i kind of enjoy that even though i have to tell people not to smoke weed in front of the store um i i enjoy that there's a little bit of freedom there <laughs> and um even if there's a freedom that is not officially sanctioned by the uh, by florida or u.s law I, I, exactly that's what that's what i mean it, it, when i say freedom gary i mean we have the freedom to break unjust just laws well i mean we we do have the right to break unjust laws it's even better to try to change them and that is basically what we try to do at, at, at Suncoast Normal is to change the laws so we can give people that, that level of freedom that we should have had in the first place. But because we live in a nation of laws and because of that, we have people who feel they have, they have to go ahead and regulate it. 
then we have to go ahead and find that common ground that allows us to do what we want to do. I mean, you go to Gainesville. Gainesville mm. has always been a much more uh, free area. In fact, if you talk to some people, yeah. they'll say that Alachua County was was where cannabis was first legalized in Florida, even though, even though it wasn't legalized legally. I've heard that before. I've heard that before that the um, you know the hippies took over Gainesville at one point, and their weed was like a normal thing. Cops didn't care. And then all of a sudden, and the, the gang- Fort ganja and the whole yeah, and then and then like all these gangs figured out that they could like uh, operate in illegal drugs freely in Gainesville, and they came they came and like it became like this illegal thing, and it became this gang related thing, not really like this freedom thing, and uh, the cops shut it down. I mean, I was I was in uh, Michigan and Ann Arbor when they all of a sudden decriminalized cannabis and made it a twenty five dollar fine. If you were caught smoking in public and actually throwing your 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 blunt uh, or your 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 roach at a cop as he was walking by, because generally they wouldn't even touch you. You know, I actually have to ask you a question. I might be getting off of the marijuana topic, but we're going to go to psychedelics right now. And uh, uh, apparently, not right, that, not not right this moment, right? Like we're not going to okay. take psychedelics, but okay. We're, but Florida now has a, a bill in the House to legalize uh, magic mushrooms, uh, you know, for doctors to use it in therapy and whatnot. Yes. And I, I, and one thing that I do, I, I don't I don't know if you know, but Florida apparently like these mushrooms because they grow wild in our cow fields. They're somewhat legalized. You're just not allowed that to is sell correct. it. There, there was actually a case in the 1990s where a gentleman went out to the forest and he uh, harvested some shrooms for himself, put it in a plastic bag. And as he was walking out of the forest, the police were there to go ahead and say, what you got there? And he said, I got myself some mushrooms. And they say, oh, what are those kind of mushrooms? He said, I don't know. And they said, yeah. When the policeman said, well, we know what those are. Those are, those are psychedelic mushrooms. We're hauling you into jail. But as it, as it turns out, after the case was done, uh, there was what is called a mens rea, uh, which is a, a Latin term meaning state of mind. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying was he did not know, he did not have the expertise to understand whether or not those can, those mushrooms that he had collected were actually psilocybin mushrooms. And so therefore he was not liable for, for breaking any laws in regards to uh, drugs and things of that sort. And so as it turns out in here in the state of Florida, if they catch you with the, with the live mushrooms you just harvested, they can't arrest you because it's considered uh, a mens rea situation where you didn't actually know what you were doing, so therefore you can get away with it. However, if it's dried and packaged and say and, and put in a little package saying psychedelic mushrooms, you're in trouble. What if you're like harvesting them because you want to trip, like you know, because going into cow fields, that's something I did when I was younger. Going into cow fields and like harvesting mushrooms out of cow shit, and that was the only reason you're going to the cow fields, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, I, I, certain. I'm a city boy, bro. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and Tampa. Like I'm, I'm not going into a cow field unless I got a reason to. And part of the reason to do that is to take mushrooms. <laughs> so uh, when we were going into the cow field, when we were going into the cow field, we were, uh, we we knew what we were doing. We were looking for cow shit, and we were picking mushrooms out of cow shit. Right. Was that illegal? Uh, no, not really. Not. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, so it, I was, it is I was not because men, of that point in particular. Case. I was not mensurian. I was mensurian <laughs> <laughs> when I was doing that. Men, right? Mensria, that's two words. Mensria. Yeah, 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 menorrhea, that's different. Menorrhea? No. Nah. 
Gone or yeah? <laughs> I hope it's gone. <laughs> so but, if if uh, the only thing we can't do is sell mushrooms, why do we need illegalize? Well, if you if you sell it, then again you might be guilty because you're you're selling it as a psilocybin mushroom and not as a white mushroom to go ahead and saute and throw on top of a hamburger. Uh huh. That said, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of uh, species of mushrooms. I right now I'm using a uh, particular mushroom called uh, lion's mane. Have you ever seen that stuff? I, I've heard about it. I don't think I've ever taken that mushroom. Well, it's for memory. Uh huh. And the, the thing is that I am somewhat over 40. I think it would be a good idea just to up my memory so I don't have to worry about forgetting things. And it's it's a very tasty mushroom. It's bizarre in, in that it it's looks like tasty. a giant, giant white hairy thing. It's look, it, especially mm. when you when you have fresh mushrooms on a, on a salad bar. Yeah, and that, that that kind of fresh taste to it. It, 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 it that's the way it is. Of course, you have to make certain that it's not grown in shit. You just blew my mind, man. Because like, I, typically those mushrooms taste like shit. They do, but yeah. uh, but actually, uh, raw fresh lion's mane actually is a very Good tasting mushrooms. You can put it on that your said, pizza. That said, yeah, most psilocybin mushrooms, a lot of those, these species, like the uh, the golden teacher and the you know what envy. Uh, they, penis, penis at me. You can say penis. Oh, that's right. This is not FCC. Uh, you just you right. just make me uncomfortable when you talk about Pornhub. <laughs> but the fact is, those those do taste somewhat horrible. And uh, I I'd gotten a great recipe to put it in this uh, this blue tea. Uh, this. Uh, I forget the name of the, the flower now, but it, it, interesting stuff. Or throw it, throw it in peanut butter, throw it in crackers, that kind of situation. Uh-huh. But I, they, so, they, they, they taste bad. So as, as you know, I'm somewhat affiliated with a medicine woman. Let's just call her a medicine woman. A shaman is good. And a, sh- a shaman woman. I don't know if she'd feel right being called a shaman, but either way, right? Um, so uh, she did you, – you, you, you're familiar with ayahuasca, right? Yes. Uh, so, like, not, not, not personally. The the actual drink ayahuasca is like two different plants. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure the the name of the two, but one has the DMT, which is the psychedelic, and the other one actually like allows your stomach to process it properly, mm. and it kicks in harder, I believe, and I think it also like makes it last longer, right? She mixed that plant with psilocybin with magic mushrooms, dude. I've never really had like a trip that has made me seen Jesus. I have never had a trip that has made me found found God or uh, whatever it is, uh, Krishna, Buddha, whatever. So you're not right? there yet. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you know, maybe I just kind of understand those things a little better than most people. But <laughs> your, your agnosticism is showing. Okay. <laughs> but but here's the thing, though, is like that. Like you know, I was like in bed crying, curled up in the corner. I was like happy. I was. I felt all these different emotions. I learned about myself doing that. You know, and I'm just saying, like the silawaska thing. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome stuff. Awesome, awesome stuff. And in, in fact, there's actually been a lot of clinical studies done uh, with the with the uh, the psychedelic uh, institute over in California that has shown that uh, psilocybin, especially, is fantastic in treating uh, depression. Uh-huh. And the the basis of the bill that uh, Rep. 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 Greco over in uh, 
South Florida has put out along with our good friend uh, Dustin Robinson of Mr. Cannabis Law and Mr. Psychedelic Law. You can check it out, .org online, and, and, and take a look at some of the information out there, is that we have one of the highest rates of mental illness uh, yeah. in, in, in Florida, and yet we don't ha- we, we aren't treating it properly. What is it? So, so getting more tools in our box to be able to handle the problems of mental illness and, and mental health. We have like the third largest veteran population, right, mm-hmm. in the in the U.S. And those guys, as you know, are crippled with PTSD, and uh, you know they need help. And basically, what, what the psilocybin does is it's just kind of an oversimplification, but it basically reboots the brain. And anytime you have a problem with the computer, if you got viruses in there, things that are gunking it up, slowing it down, making it act kind of crazy, if you just reboot. Usually you, you come to a, a fresher outstanding and you, don't have, you haven't got the pressures and stresses and things of that sort. And so therefore it, it works along those lines uh-huh. and it gets rid of depression. It helps out with, with, with uh, generalized anxiety syndrome and that kind of situation. So, so we, well, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead, Gary. No, I had so. something to say. And so we need, we need to have all the tools in our box to be able to handle those kind of situations. And because of the fact that Florida is not what you call a liberal state, that if we are going to make at least one, bold step in the direction of being able to use these these uh, these uh, substances to to help with mental health this this bill is a, is a good bill it it doesn't offer free legalization it it, 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 it basically offers decriminalization but only under supervision mm. of, of a doctor who can make certain you have the right dose and things of that sort and just going back to the old counterculture they were always saying if you ever get if you ever you get a trip you should always have a guide Right. Right. And that's that's essentially what it is, only putting it into legalese. And when you put it into legalese, it seems very sterile. But that's that's just the way it is. And we are trying to fix all the laws in the state of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. And that takes time. <laughs> but it, but, and federally, we may even get some, uh, some movement this next year. Uh, the current administration has said they're going to make it a priority uh-huh. to, to work on, on the MORE Act and SAFE Act, although I have heard that we might not even get to the MORE Act until November, if that's considered a priority, so be it, because we have a lot of problems we have to deal with. But we, we, we have some, some great options. Now, the question is, should we automatically start acting as if it is already going to happen or already, already is happening? And uh-huh. that's, that's a problem not only what we have had, but a lot of people who have tried to get uh, dispensaries here in the state of Florida. I know a number of, of uh, cannabis licenses, MMTCs, that basically came here. They bought a license through a merger acquisition kind of situation to come here and take advantage of uh, Florida as a adult use market. Mm-hmm. But that market didn't appear in 2017 or 18 or 19 or 20. Uh, but they're putting all their bets on right now with coming in this year. And I have heard a number of articles saying, you know, we're going to have legalization this year. We actually have three bills, uh, three sets of bills, I should say, out there in the legislature that is asking for adult use. We have one that mirrors the, the regulate Florida bill. Mm-hmm. We have one that it, it came from the marijuana policy project that was done over in, in Ocala. And we have Brandis's bill, which he came out with last year, which is a good bill that has been built on a number of things, including uh, allowing horizontal contracting into the market and also having an expungement bill. That was sponsored by both Senator Brandis and our, our good friend, uh, Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith over in, in Orlando. And mm-hmm. we're hoping that, that those bills will move forward, but uh, it does take a majority mm-hmm. to be able to get these things forward. And we haven't educated all of our, our representatives and senators yet. And that's guys where you guys come in. 
you have to be you have to educate to legislate, especially when it comes to you being outside the the Capitol building. You have to you have have to go to these representatives, your representative and your your senator. You can get uh, by going online to uh, to www.myfloridahouse.gov or www.flsenate.gov and find out who your representative or senator is and educate them. Give them your story. Tell them why this should be uh, legal and how it works in that kind of situation because they, they really don't know. They're not so much against it as oftentimes they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's where, it's up, that where it's up to educate. It, it's a complicated thing to get for the legislator to get a bill passed here in Florida. I'm, I'm still a little iffy about it. But apparently, like, okay, so you need the House and Senate companion bills. Yep. So apparently you need two bills, two different, like, legislators in two different you, parts you of the government. bicameral support. Yes. Okay. So I would buy bicameral support. And <laughs> um, <laughs> so so you need a you need a bill in the, the House. You need a bill in the Florida Senate. Yes. Right? They need to kind of coincide with, with one another, and they both need to pass. Yeah, right? They either so, have to be identical or they have to be uh, – to be compromised until they're, they're both to get so close to the same. This thing. magic mushroom bill is more of a symbolic thing because it's only in the house, right? The, the idea with this is just really to get the conversation going, to start the legislators thinking about it, to get people up there telling legislators, oh, we need to pass this, to get people to talk to the senators and say, we need a senator to, to, to put a bill in the Senate to mm-hmm. mirror this one because this is important. We need to get this passed, right? But as far as I understand, right, this is this is the first time there's been a, a companion bill in the House and Senate for marijuana. Has that ever happened before? Okay, yeah. Last year we did have a situation where Brandis's bill was was mirrored by a, by a Representative Smith, but it didn't get to a committee. Okay, it was never given to a committee. And of course, last year we had Alivo as the uh, Speaker of the House, and he, along with his uh, cigar rolling fam- family. Uh, was very much against uh, any cannabis rules moving forward, and so therefore they didn't. Mm. Uh, now, I talked to the current Speaker of the House a little while ago. He may actually be a little bit more open, even though he has actually brought in people like Berenson, who wrote that ridiculous book that was so big on the New York Times called Tell Your Children, which talks about how cannabis automatically causes all the psychosis using basically faux, medicine, faux science uh-huh. to, to prove his point. And also Bertha Madras, he also brought her in to go ahead and talk to the legislation. And he, they didn't have the other side. They, they had the prohibitionists in, but they didn't have the folks who were actually promoting it. And we're, we're hoping to fix that this year, get the, have, have both sides of the dialogue brought out. Again, to educate, to legislate, so we can move these things forward. And we have people who have put a ton of money into these licenses in the hopes that they would be able to bloom with the... Uh, with, with adult use now I realize adult use is going to have a lot more sales than than the medical use because people won't have to have a card and things of that sort but also realize that part of that price is also going to be the um, the taxes that, that go to the state in fact one of those bills puts a 50 dollar excise tax on every ounce of cannabis grown that's given directly to the state before it's put out for sale and of course that that cost is is that folded onto you, and there'll be a, a, a luxury sales tax as well. So so weed's already like super expensive. I my medical card. I'll be honest with you. I've I if if the cops pull me over now, I'm kind of fucked because my medical card 
has expired okay. and I can't renew it because it's too expensive. Okay, right? dear Tampa police, especially those associated with the uh, police chief Jane Castor, don't pull Carlos <laughs> over. <laughs> you, you, you've heard my my plea, and I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so all right. So I could I could potentially go to jail if I continue to consume my medical marijuana, right? But um, but like I forgot where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> okay, so at least we're not in Idaho. They're advancing the state constitution. Yes, they are. Idaho. I was going to discuss that as well too. There's been a lot of people that are trying to uh, go against the will of the people. Uh-huh. Idaho is one of those states. South Dakota. They actually uh, had a bill and then a ballot initiative this last November that won. Uh, by a rather large margin, yet we have the governor out there trying to overturn that election. And that is, that's part of the problem they're having in Idaho as well, which is interesting because when you look at Idaho, where is it? Right next to Oregon, right? Uh-huh. Washington State and, and just north of Colorado, where they have some of, the, some of the freer laws and, of course, near California as well. No, so, okay, so I remember where I was going with that. So I could get arrested for having marijuana now, Yes. right? Um, and the reason why is I just can't afford it. Right. I basically like I have the okay from a doctor to get medical marijuana. I just can't really like renew it. Right. But um, but if this bill that you were talking about passes, right, it's going to add taxes on top of our current system. Yeah. So so what's going to happen if this bill that you're talking about passes? Right. The I mean, nobody's going to really be able to afford it. Right. Except maybe like rich tourists or something. Well, it's interesting you should say that because uh, one of one of my favorite uh, MMTCs across the country to, to pick on, of course, has been MedMen, who was started by uh, a gentleman who came from Florida, Mr. Adam Beerman, uh, <laughs> and, and went to a notoriety for being the big one that blew up, so to speak, because he had, that they had borrowed a ton of money, uh, put a ton of money into their stores and things of that sort, gave their CEOs nine-figure salaries or whatever, seven-figure salaries, six-figure salaries. thing is their, their employees were getting minimum wage and their CEOs were getting paid boku bucks. And there was a lot of consternation and things of that sort and a lot of dirty deals that had gone by when they're trying to, to expand. And they haven't done that well. But they came into Florida, and if you look at the placement of the dispensaries that they put in in Florida, you'll see that every single one of them was in a tourist area. Yeah. When they went to look at, at, at pots in Orlando, there's tons of places in Orlando. In fact, Orlando is one of those things that has almost has more dispensaries than almost every major city besides Miami in the state. And yet, where do they put it? They put it on International Avenue, an International Boulevard, uh, where you know the average restaurant costs forty, fifty dollars a thing. And it, it's entirely a tourist area right near the uh, the convention center. True, True Leaf has a dispensary like right on Clearwater Beach. My parents just moved into a condo like right next to it. Um, and uh, that's like the area that the dispensary is in, though, is completely surrounded by hotels. And I went to to grab some some medical marijuana one day when I was visiting my parents. And uh, the guy selling it to me was like, yeah, you, you know, you typically go to like I'm telling him, I typically go to other dispensaries like in the Tampa Bay area. And he's like, yeah, True Leaf set this dispensary up waiting for legalization to happen. Right. He was like, we're we're one of the slowest dispensaries in the state. And it's because none of the tourists on this island, like Clearwater Beach is an island. Right. You know, I had same to go, thing with Key West. Yeah. I had to go over a bridge from San Key where my parents live 
to get into Clearwater Beach in order to get to that dispensary. It was pretty close. Yeah. But um, I, and he was saying that like, yeah, we're one of the slowest dispensaries in the state actually because nobody comes here. Nobody, nobody on this island is actually able to shop here. We're looking ahead. We're looking forward. We're we're waiting for adult use to happen. Truly, he's got enough money that they can pay rent. But <laughs> but I mean. I, I, I think it's important to look to, towards the future here. And I think like this is a, one of the first times that um, our legislator, I'm actually very hopeful that our legislator is just going to go and do it for us. I think they understand that it's inevitable at this point. And um, if it's not going to happen on the state level, it's going to happen on a federal level soon. Um, and yeah, I think we, we may see legal pot very soon in Florida. Well, but the, the state and, uh, is basically going forward and a lot of people in it, uh, with the understanding that we're not going to wait for the feds to go ahead and, and make it legal because we don't know when it is. I mean, for the last four years, we had a president who was telling us that he was going to look into legalization and actually it was exactly the opposite that was going on in DC. There was actually a committee that came out of the white house. that was there basically to scrutinize state laws and find ways to pull them apart. And uh, that that was this, just the attitude of what was going on in Washington D.C. at the time. Now we again, anytime you have have anything going forward, you have to have a majority rule. And if you haven't got enough legislators on both sides to go ahead and move it forward, you're not going to mirror the will of the people. I mean, we know that Amendment Two passed with 71.3 percent of the vote. No no politician out there statewide has ever got 71.3 percent of the vote. I mean, you you got it in certain counties. But, but never across the state. So there had to be bipartisan support. Mm. And the problem is are the, uh, the makeup of the politicians does not always mirror the makeup of, of the people, especially when it, when it comes to, uh, to these kind of situations. And it shows when you have state, uh, states like South Carolina where they went ahead and, and they filed, they, they asked for uh, legalization, I'm sorry, in South Dakota. So, and uh, all of a sudden the governor turns around and says, no, we're not gonna let you have that. <laughs> that, and that's the way it was in Florida too, guys. I mean, we had a real fight on our hands throughout the entire 2017. And we're still fighting. Session to, to get this thing going. And we, we are still fighting. I mean, we only have 22 licenses in the state of Florida. And by, again, anybody who's tuning in from across the country, in Florida, not every dispensary has to have its own license. It's just every every company has to have its own license. So all the true leave uh, go under one license. All the uh, Soteras, which are now called parallel, are all under one license. Whereas if you were in other states like Nevada, et cetera, every single dispensary has to have its own individual license, even though it's many licenses coming from say, a particular county uh, com company. So, th so that's the way it works. We only have 22 licenses and several of them are sitting around dormant right now. It's they're owned by companies who really aren't doing anything. If you go to their websites, and look, like for instance, one of them, the Source, which is a great dispensary out, out in Vegas, has a has a uh, website here in Florida because of the fact that they uh, they, they picked up one of those licenses. And if you look at the at the uh, the site, it's actually the the Nevada site. Yeah, they haven't even updated it to Florida yet. Mm. And other ones have, you know, they have uh, sites out there that say you can't purchase this yet, you can't purchase that yet, or we have all these these strains, but they're all out of stock. And that's mm. actually true because they don't actually have them. Not like you know other ones who actually pretend to have stock and don't have stock. <sighs> but we, we but I, I digress. That's all part of uh, being part of a free market that doesn't exist here in the state of Florida. 
A free market, does, of course, does not mean that uh, anything you, you get there is free, but what it means is that people are, are free to compete against each other uh, in an unlimited basis. And when people are actually doing competition, you actually have a greater variety of product, you have higher quality, and of course, we have lower prices. Capitalism. God dang. I love capitalism, capitalism and all of, all of its glory. The invisible hand, who happens to be holding a blunt at the time <laughs> of, of the free market, uh, is, is what should actually control things. Well, I, I don't know if Adam Smith was correct about the invisible hand. I'm, you know, I'm still a little iffy about that. But, um, you know, this, well, I understand when, when Adam was writing, it was it was the, uh, what, the 17th century. And, and I think Adam was very adamant about the fact that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Smith. Yes. Mr. Smith was very adamant about Adam was adamant about uh, uh, the fact that consumers in a free market had to be educated. And, you know, this even goes into what's going on with Reddit right now. But I, I mean, like people, people are educated on the stock market. They realize that they can band together and use the stock market to screw over hedge fund investors. Right. Um, look what's happening with cannabis. Look what's happening with magic mushrooms. We're educated on these things. Right. Now it's the people coming back and saying that, um, you know, this is good for us. This is bullshit that it's illegal. Right. And we fight to legalize it. Right. If we just let capitalism take over cannabis like we did for tomatoes or peppers, mm -hmm. we would have such a great. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> we grew tomatoes, too, at medical marijuana. That's right. right. You know, you know, cute little uh, uh, reflective boxes. <laughs> uh, speaking of reflective boxes, I should also mention the fact that we we uh, here at uh, Suncoast Normal have put uh, through a number of bills uh, that are, are some of them are still in drafting. One of them has already been filed and basically we're moving forward. One of them is a home grow bill. Home grow. Now, this is again, people would automatically think that if I put out a home grow bill, what it basically says is that anybody can grow six plants in their front yard or backyard or wherever else they want to do it, and that's all there is to it. Uh -huh. That that might work in some states. It might, in fact, it worked in Hawaii, where at the at, their, at the beginning of their program, basically all it was was home grow. It, it was it wasn't necessarily MNTCs as people were able to go ahead and grow it. If you couldn't grow it yourself, you could have a, a caregiver go ahead and, and grow it for you. And, and partly on that basis, I created this home grow bill which allows the creation of what is called cultivation centers, which are basically self-contained containers, like railroad containers, where inside has all the hydroponics, all the lights, all the air conditioning, and an enclosed area so that anybody can grow inside of there and work at like a co-op. So you will have a, a section in that container where you can, under expert tutelage of the people who are in charge of the co-op, grow your own uh, medicine with the understanding of, of what insecticides to use, what pesticides to use, how to properly handle the vegetative and in flowering state, and actually grow good stuff. Because I know that people who throw their, their seeds in the ground in the backyard don't necessarily grow good medicine for themselves. Mm. And also, if, if, the, if the soil isn't clean outside, then you're going to have it in your plant as well. I mean, they should have the right to, but I mean, I, I get what you're saying, that we got to and the whole baby steps thing sometimes pisses me off, man. We should, as I know you agree, we should be able to just be able to just fucking grow it. Well, um, I, I had the advantage of years, so to speak, because I've seen how this industry has evolved since the 1970s when, when I first got involved in it. And things are, are very different. You can you know that things are really different when you look at, at, at a, a period piece on, on television, which, which takes place in the way past, like the 70s, and you're able to point out 
incorrect things. Like say, that didn't happen in the 70s. That didn't happen in the 70s. Mm -hmm. I was watching a show yesterday called um, uh, Mind Hunter. And it's supposed to take place in 1977. And this girl has a, a bong and she actually lifts the bowl up and there's no carburetor on the, on the bong. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, I was there. We didn't lift up our bowls at the time. We had carburetors. We knew what to, we were doing. Nowadays, it's, it's just lift the bowl. So whoever was, was um, writing that, that script at that point in time didn't actually grow up in the 70s. If they did, they'd know exactly how bongs were made at the time. And we all had carburetors. And I'm sorry, it might make me sound old, but that's the way you it You do works. sound old. I, I am somewhat. It's like, I'm going to use my carburetor for my water bong. <laughs> That's my Gary impression. Do you still have like one of those acrylic pipes, like with the metal bowl? I didn't, but it turned yellow and I threw it out. It's, <laughs> I had, I had, a, I had a, a three and a half foot tall bamboo one. Yeah, I still get. And it had a carburetor too. I still get like I get like seventy year old people in the shop. It's like, do you have a like a metal pipe? I'm just looking for like a little metal pipe. And the ones like, that screw together with the parts. Yeah, I, I got about four of those. Yeah, and you know that like like smoking out of those can like be like dangerous for your health. It's, it's similar to using aluminum in the in the oven. Aluminum, you know, al aluminum foil, al aluminum. But they're not alum. They're they're, they're brass. Well, you know, like there's like chemical transfer by smoking out of metal. Okay, so tell me if I've been in danger over the last 45 years, because uh, I'd like to know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Lee called you an old fart. Yes, indeed. Uh, although I, I think that, that flatulence is beyond me. <laughs> but hey, Gary, I although I disagree with you smoking out of metal pipes, I would fight for your right to legalize smoking out of those metal pipes, even yeah. though I won't sell anybody a metal pipe. That's good. <laughs> and I fight for your right to not have to wear a mask, but because I happen to know that you already were, were taken care of that way. Cause I, I, am keeping myself from getting it. So I, I wear masks. Yeah, I know you wear masks and, and sometimes not as much as I should, I think. But the fact is we, we, we are going to eventually have the kind of home grow that you guys really want. But in the meantime, this is a step in the right direction. It also creates a horizontal that uh, will, will help people yeah, of minority status and, and veterans own these small businesses that allow you know quite a few people to grow uh, under your tutelage kind of situation. And it is also what, I, what is called a social equity program. Uh -huh. uh, the way I have it written up, which is, is a long write-up this last week, was that basically if you are part of a population that was uh, disproportionately impacted by the, by the war on drugs, then you are able to be one of those classes of folks who can open up one of these cultivation centers because uh -huh. it's you don't need the kind of money you need to get into an MMTC where you have to have millions and millions of dollars. Isn't there like a number of expungement things you're working on too? Uh, there actually there's there's two or three expungement bills uh -huh. uh, that those aren't mine, but I'm definitely supporting them. Okay, that that go with uh, I thought like Smith you helped Bryce uh -huh. and also Bracy and Dave McCurdy uh, that that are out there, and we will be supporting. We, we, we can't write all the bills, but trust me, when, some of these bills that I've written have taken so long, and uh, I do it for free, so I have to have some time to actually find a way to, to scrape together money for rent. Uh, but uh, we, we wrote a number of bills. One of those was the home grow bill. Another one was the expansion of qualifying conditions. And someone asked me the other day, why are you uh, putting together a bill that, that, that expands the number of qualifying conditions, considering we also already have that one catch-all category of uh, 
of, a, of conditions of a, of a like or similar nature. And the, the reason for that is that that is a generalization, and it, and it allows the, uh, the doctor to make subjective viewpoints in regards to whether or not somebody is, is being able to be certified for a recommendation. But the Board of Medicine and the Board of Osteopathic Medicine uh, still are scrutinizing what the doctors are making decisions on, saying, yeah, you've got generalized anxiety disorder, but since generalized anxiety disorder is not part of the qualifying conditions, we'll say you actually have PTSD. Uh -huh. And it's kind of a, a, a bit of gymnastics to make it happen, but this makes it a lot safer for the doctors because I've got 30 uh, conditions out there that should have been included in the original bill that aren't, that, that a lot, make it a lot more specific. So, for instance, we have post-concussive syndrome. We have autism on, on this list. We have ADHD on this list. We have Alzheimer's on this list. We have fibromyalgia on this list. These kind of things were not put into the original bill, and now they'll be spelled out. So the doctors can just check off that box and not be questioned because the patient has what those what what, what the patients actually have. Well, if uh, Carlos and Brandis's stuff gets passed, we don't need a doctor at all, right? <laughs> I know the medical program will still be there. And I and I've seen states where the medical program has been cannibalized by mm -hmm. the adult use program. And what you have is expensive cannabis that is over that, that is overly taxed that the people who need medicine who can't afford things because of the fact that they're ill and they, and they could use this as medicine are suddenly finding out that their medicine is that much more expensive. Mm. And we're trying to avoid what happened in, in Oregon and in places like that. Mm. And what about reciprocity? Do any of the bills? As a matter of fact, reciprocity? that's a good, that's a good uh, segue. <laughs> yes. We, we also it's, have a, a bill called a, a bill related activated to tourist reciprocity. What is reciprocity? Reciprocity is the ability of a law from another state to be used in the, in a different state. Okay. If, in other words, for that law to transfer. And this so particular like, instance, what it says basically, if you're a tourist and you want to come to Florida and you want to and you ha want to or have to bring your medicine with you so that you'll have a good vacation here in Florida, with a ten dollar reciprocity fee, you can go to any of the MMTCs here in Florida with your medical card and make enough of a purchase to cover your stay here in the state of Florida. Don't mm -hmm. forget, you cannot bring cannabis across state lines. You can't bring it in, you can't bring it out. Mm -hmm. So you'll be able to come buy our fantastic cannabis products here in the state of Florida, just enough for you to use, and then you use it here, and then you go home. Because right now, people are they're either driving into Florida, no matter how far they're coming from, so they can sneak it in their car and hope that it won't get pulled over. Or they go through the airports and they try to sneak it through TSA, which is not easy because, like I say, you have to sometimes get those full body scans and you have to come with excuses like saying, no, that's not a vape pen in my pocket. It's actually a penile implant like, something along those lines. No, that is not a nickel bag in my butt. That is. <laughs> and they weren't even looking at anybody. You just wanted them to look. But the, but the fact it was is, like, sir, we've had no, we were letting you walk right through. <laughs> we are the vacation capital of the country. Uh, on, on no doubt, but people don't shouldn't come here on vacation and leave on probation. Uh -huh. People should be able to come here and enjoy ourselves. There's not, I, and I've already gotten feedback from a lot some of the other legislators who say, but isn't this going to create a situation where Florida is a destination site for people to come to buy cannabis, especially those who have restringent laws in their states that don't allow them to buy very much with their medical card? Uh -huh. And I had to explain to them that, well, actually, if you look at the comparison of the laws, Florida's laws are far more stringent than other states. In fact, most of them. So people are going to be able to come here and buy more 
than they could in their estate. Most likely, they'll be able to buy a lot less. Uh -huh. And the fact is, you can only buy enough to, to basically cover your stay there, mm -hmm. to, to stay here. And that, that's where we come from. But uh, I don't see Florida becoming a destination state of a place to come to get, to get medical cannabis. But we should be, people that. should be able to I, buy it once I a year. I honestly think we could set something. I think that would like be awesome for our state, actually. Dude, I mean, I'm in the retail business in a tourism area, yeah. and um, like the business is struggling, man. Like it's 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 hard to make a buck out here now. And COVID um, has been really really rough on the tourism industry here in the state of Florida. And, and I think one way to, for for our Florida economy to get back on track is to say, hey, we're going to legalize adult use cannabis. We're going to let tourists come and use um, medical marijuana here. Um, as long as they have medical, like when I went to Vegas, right, I showed my Florida medical marijuana card and I got tax breaks. I had stuff that was available to me that other, other tourists weren't allowed to get. I got this 500 milligram chocolate bar that like really helped my flight back. And, um, 500 milligram chocolate bar. That's that. That's, that's, that's against the Florida law. We can't. Have yeah. any product which is more than 100 milligrams, you can't buy any more than 200 milligrams a day. Yeah, and I mean, if we if we had stuff like that in place, and uh, you know, imagine coming to Florida, right, picking up a bag of weed and a 500 milligram chocolate bar, and hanging out on Clearwater Beach, or uh, somebody in the comments said Fort DeSoto Beach is better, right? Hanging out on Fort DeSoto Beach, right, <laughs> and and having the time of your life, just chilling out on and, and vibing out to to the Florida sun, you know. And I think uh, I think that would be really great for us. I think, um, yeah, I think uh, I mean, it'd be a good way for us to get back on track. Just look at, at what sectors of the economy actually did well and what sectors did, did poorly. Restaurants, of course, a lot of them got shut down for quite a bit of time. But like, for instance, Disney had a 69% drop in, in income over this last year. Uh, same with Universal Studios. They also had close to a 69, 68% drop. And we're, we're talking about practically billions of dollars there in, in lost revenue, not only for those companies, but also for the state. And mm -hmm. you think about the fact that Disney is like the second largest employer of the state, the, the state of Florida being the first. Uh, a lot of people lost their jobs or got, got, got paid less, you know, those people who were working uh, on a, uh, a part-time basis. And our, our tourist economy, which we strive to, uh, to, to survive on here in the state of Florida, took a major hit. But if you look at the cannabis industry here in the state of Florida, they actually did pretty well. Mm -hmm. now, overall, as, as far as the MMTC is concerned, almost every one of them had an increase People in hanging sales out at home and possible exception of MedMen, a few other ones. Yeah. But, but because they were listed as an essential industry, which allowed you to keep your doors open. It's really, well, I mean, I wasn't listed as essential for medicine. It was listed, CBD stores stayed open because of like a loophole. Um, because uh, at the beginning of the year, we were, we were forced to get permitted as convenience stores. Mm. So we weren't listed as medicine, but we were listed as a, as a convenience uh, to, to the public. So people, people did come when quarantine started. And a lot of times when like people got like their, their stimulus checks and whatnot, they would come here, they buy CBD, they buy Delta ATC, they buy, you know, the, the, a rig or something like that. They'd want a fancy vaporizer cause they knew they'd be stuck at home. Um, but yeah, dude, like, I mean, that was that, that honestly was a short amount of time, you know? So that definitely was the correct way to use a stimulus check.
that i mean i thought so <laughs> come to the store or, or you could pay money. your rent and have other cash left over to go ahead and use that <laughs> however you wish to look at it because i i mean there are people who actually have gotten in trouble for getting uh, money from the cares program and going out and buying a big house or uh-huh. buying trump for president signs that kind of situation trump for and uh, they've gotten in trouble uh, grady judd one of my favorite uh, sheriffs here in the state of florida had a big uh, press conference this last week where he called a whole bunch of McDonald's employees that had found ways to get additional $2,000 in, in stimulus money from the CARES Act by filling out these false forms that, that what a paralegal had put together for them. And they were actually going after McDonald's employees that, that actually got $2,000 extra when they were actually a person in, uh, I think it was Avila, who bought a $7.5 million house with a PPP loan. Huh. Well, that's no good. But they, I guess it all depends on who you want to go after. Either you go after the McDonald's employees or you go after the major white crime criminals. And sometimes it's just easier to go after the lying fruit. Oh. Right, right, Grady? So, so let's not piss off Grady Judd. He listens to this podcast. He does. And I, and I, and I, and I love his, his press conferences. They are the uh, high point of my day. <laughs> I saw this one time, like they did like this uh, social media promotion and like they were given like this little under impoverished kid a bicycle, mm. right? And he shows up at like this like really low income house and he like knocks on the door and he's like dressed in his full like <laughs> cop gear. And like he's like I and, sleeps in it too. And, <laughs> and the the lady answered the door and she was and he was like, Oh, I have a surprise, I have a present for your son or whatever. And uh he pulls out the bicycle. Kid walks out, 13-year-old kid, sees a, sees a white guy in the cop outfit with a bicycle. And he's like the most scared look on his face, dude. <laughs> and, and like he was so scared when he was getting a free bike. But I digress. Um, I, I actually want to ask you a question. I, I have a lot of questions that I'm asking you in this show. Okay. Um, but like uh, somebody had a comment in the in the in the the comments here, and uh, and they want to cap out THC. Is that still happening? Like, is that is are As they of yet still now? No, that is, is not happening so far this year. But something like that could still happen. Like they could like potentially sneak it into a bill that's legalized. It could, and it actually. Over the last two years, it's been tried basically as a, um, a, a preemptive move to prevent adult use. Because mm-hmm. they, they figure if you can put a cap on THC of, of 10% or less, uh, then less re- recreational, quote-unquote, or adult use cannabis will be sold. And so, therefore, that, that industry is doomed to failure. But they've also used it for the last two years as a poison pill because they knew it wasn't going to pass. And so, therefore, they put it in there, if only just to kill the bill. Mm-hmm. And it actually has happened in two instances where a bill was going to die if if it stayed in there, and so it was pulled out. And that's why we don't have uh, a THC cap as we stand for it. And by the way, I used to work for Electronics Boutique back in the 90s, which became GameStop, and I want my money. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't buy any stock at the time, so I guess that's that's kind of like the, uh, the problem there, right? <laughs> I, you know... I love that, dude. I I hate that they took away the ability to trade. This is just typical of our government, man. Like, you know, somebody figures out that they can get a leg up, they get educated on the system, and then they take it away. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Ron, Mr. Mr. Bennett, yes, there is a bill out right now in the Senate 
to, uh, for veterans to be able to get their card without paying the fee. Uh, as of right now, I don't think it has a house companion, although it might, because a lot of the house bills have not been filed yet. Uh, that said, I think it should be amended once it gets going forward so that if a person is listed as disabled and on Medicaid and Medicare, a lot of times these guys cannot afford their medicine and $75 is a, uh, is a hardship. And so I think that it, uh, along with, with veterans, I think people on Medicaid and Medicare, like uh, a number of friends we have here who, who struggle with their health, uh, should be able to get access to that as well. That said, a lot of MMTCs had stepped up and gave $75 discounts on your first order, basically to cover the cost of your, of your, of your license. So one way or the other, either we do it through the private sector, we do it through the, the government, there are ways to try to mitigate that, uh, that $75 fee. And we hope that it'll, it'll continue along those lines. She got a normal face mask. It's awesome. That is. Um, so somebody should ring the bell. Ding. Um, See, okay. What he's talking about are these fantastic Suncoast Normal masks that you can buy on the website at suncoastnormal.org, as you see here on the screen, <laughs> by either just buying the mask or becoming a member. And if we give it a member, we have benefits up the wazoo. Like, for instance, this wonderful pin, which, by the way, makes a lot of great conversations at supermarkets. Mm -hmm. If ever you go into the supermarket and you're wearing this pin, people are going to come up to you and they say, uh, dude, uh, like your pin, what's that all about? And sometimes if they're, you know, on the iffy side, I say, well, I'm Canadian. Yeah. And like, I'm from Canada too, man. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's a maple you're leaf. You're probably still a pothead. And, well, if they know it's not a maple leaf, then it's a very good possibility they could be a stoner too. But you never know. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but also, you, you get access to a lot of the information that we have to help change these laws and move these laws. And we need your help. With every single one of these bills, us just writing a bill and having it filed is not enough. We have to convince enough legislators to be able to vote for those bills to move them forward. And for that, we need your stories. We have a bill called the Employee Protection Bill, which basically states that if you are an employee uh, and you happen to have a medical card, you can't be fired for having that medical card or you can't be denied employment for having that medical card. And we would like to hear stories from you guys if any of you have ever been in, impacted in that way, my own daughter had, 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 had that happen to her. She had gotten into a car accident and had to, to go ahead and get a, a drug test, which was part of their policy. And she said, well, you know, I have a medical card, right? They said, well, actually we did, but we were, we were ignoring it at that point in time. Now we can't. So now we want you to go ahead and cut up your medical card and never use it oh, again geez. and be subject to uh, weekly testing on a random basis. And at that point in time, people, Employers can do that if they have a drug-free workplace situation. Uh, I have a gentleman uh, who, in, who lives over in the, um, <clears throat> I think, Polk County, uh, and he actually was dying of Crohn's disease. He actually was in a hospice at 79 pounds and didn't have much time left to live. He had already, had already removed a good portion of his lower intestine and basically chopped the heck out of him to try to get rid of this Crohn's and it wasn't get, being let away. And her, his wife, uh, to her uh, imminent uh, intelligence, had said, I know you said, I asked you years ago to stop smoking cannabis, and you did. But if this might work, go ahead and try it. So she went back to his old uh, guy in the corner. This was before we actually had a legal market. And actually got him some medicine, which he smoked out in the garden area of the hospice. And he ended up being in the hospice for four months before being released back, in, back home.
usually in hospice, you don't get released back home. You get released to the funeral home. And he not only not went, went back home, but he also went back to work operating heavy machinery, basically taking his medicine in capsule form um, at night so he was not affected at all. And he was only uh, judged by his performance at work and not based on the fact that he had a cannabis card. And it helped him get to work. It helped him actually to support his family and become a tax and continue to be a taxpayer. So it's important. So if you have any any cannabis like helps this. me get a call a bunch of college degrees actually, but you know <laughs> I couldn't have done uh, you know graduate school um, without cannabis. I stand by that. Well, I mean, for the last couple millennia, uh, cannabis has been used in a lot of religious ceremonies, and so you having had a degree in theology, I think it, I think it was. And, and it was admirable that you were using cannabis at the time, because obviously you were in group with that whole uh, uh, reaching out to God like thing. Um, I mean, actually, <laughs> I was I was very Catholic when I was uh, studying religious studies and philosophy. Um, I was also very high, but um, well, yeah, you were able to commune with God more than most of us. Uh, I, or I was talking to myself. One of the two. Well, sometimes I have some of the best conversations that way. I, <laughs> I rarely, rarely disagree with myself, which is always good because it makes things so much easier. So we went through like a bunch of different stuff that's happening in the Florida legislature. Is there yeah. any way that you can give like just like a quick list? Is there any way you can do that? <sighs> well, we tried to do that during the normal meeting and it, it, it proved difficult. Yeah, it is because um, it's a lot, of, a lot of things going on. Okay. But we, that's we, the thing is like, for the people watching right now, the best thing for these bills to progress is for them to actually contact their legislator. Yes. Right. So what should they contact their legislator specifically about is what okay. I'm talking about. Here's what I want you guys to do. Now, I mentioned these two websites before, www.flsenate.gov and www.myfloridahouse.gov. You can go to either of those sites and you can do a search for, for bills from the current 2021 legislative session and use the word either marijuana or cannabis as a keyword. You have to try both of them because some bills only have the word marijuana. Some bills only have the word cannabis. And that's because they still haven't quite gotten that straightened out. The fact that, you know, cannabis should be the word in law and medicine and marijuana every place else. So you say, as, as say marijuana use. because we're not racist against Hispanics. They can't even spell it right. They keep on using it, using an H in there instead of a J. Yeah. And we all know that you don't, you, you, you can't hook a H in Hispanic in the Spanish language. Yeah, it's silent. It has to be a J, so you have a hook. My last name in is Hermida. That's the way the gringos say it. But when you know Hispanic people say it, they say Edmida. They don't even pronounce the H. And, and if you were the son of God, you'd be Jesus, <laughs> and, and not and not Jesus. Because of the fact it's a Spanish word. <laughs> but but, but we, we, we digress on purpose. Uh, we, we have a lot of bills that, we're, that are going through. And I'll, I'm going to try to give you a quick synopsis uh, okay. off the top of my head. We have three uh, adult use bills. Uh, again, that, that, and, and they are slightly different. And you want, want to go ahead and take a look at the sites and check out those three bills. One of them is 150 pages long. That's the one that came from the Marijuana Policy Project and is being sponsored by Representative Hinson over in Ocala. Uh, Brandis's bill and, uh, and Carlos's bill, is uh, um, they're identical and they're easy to read. They're only like about 70 pages. And then we have the third bill that was put out by Gary Farmer uh, out in South Florida, which mimics the Regulate Florida ballot initiative, which is still waiting along with the other uh, MILF 
uh, bill to be actually approved by the Supreme Court. And by the way, this this upcoming week is the one week, one year anniversary of the oral arguments for Regulate Florida, and then a few weeks later after that, the MILF bill. So it's been a year that since the Supreme Court has had it in their hands and they still haven't ruled on it yet as to whether or not it can be allowed as a ballot initiative. So that's why they have these other uh, ballot, uh, uh, bills put out there. Uh, there is also the bill from Janet Cruz, which basically states that you could, have, if you have a, a veteran, you can get your card for free. Uh, Brandis has another bill, which actually reduces the number of visits you have to go to your doctor. Uh, I think that he should add to that uh, a, a, a constant continuation of um, telemedicine for the follow-ups so that you don't have to go all the way back to the doctors because a lot of the doctors are few and far in between. So, so that is something we, we need to work on. Of course, we have the Suncoast Normal Bills. We have the Employee Protection Bill, which is uh, uh, done by Polsky and also by uh, a Representative Duran over in South Florida. And we also have a medical uh, protection bill, which basically states that if you are using your medicine in a hospital or in an assisted living facility, uh, these your medicine is not considered illicit by state law, and so therefore they can't take it away from you. And also the fact if you are a, on a transplant list, they can't take you off the transplant list for a liver or a kidney and things of that sort because you have a medical card. Because we're, there's plenty of research that verifies the fact that uh, your your chance of survival once you use cannabis does not get decreased at all, which is basically was the the reason why they put it in there originally, they're trying to get you to avoid things that might re prevent you from being able to survive the, the transplant. And there is no no problem with, with cannabis uh, changing the survivability rate for that. So we move on for that. And, of course, the addition of qualifying conditions, the tourist reciprocity, and the home grill bill that, that we put out. <clears throat> and, of course, the, the new psilocybin uh, bill, which, which came up. And we hopefully will get even more bills coming up. Uh, that area yet to come. And if you keep on watching the site, we will eventually get to uh, to talking about all of them on the show. And we want you all to support them if you feel that they are in the right position. Now, if you feel there is something wrong with those bills at this particular point in time, that is what the amendment process is for. And bills go through several committees where people are allowed to go ahead and give public testimony, explain to legislatures, this is a fine bill, but this is one tweak that you should consider making. And so so okay all these bills are are on that the websites that i have flsenate.gov yeah, so, myfloridahouse.gov yeah right? go and can you it. find out who your local legislator is on yes that? in fact each one of those sites has a find my representative uh -huh. find my legislator button where you click on that put your address in and pop there they go when you go to tallahassee i know you talk to everybody Right. And ideally, everybody should Even the guy who, who, who shines shoes. Yes. He, he, ran, <laughs> he ran for governor a couple of years ago, which is brilliant. <laughs> really? That's it's actually pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but but OK, so like I know that like you literally make uh, and, you know, sometimes you do it with, with us. Sometimes you do it by yourself. But you literally make appointments with just about every legislator you can. Yep. And you go and you you sit in their office and they send the aide out there to talk to you. That's fine, right? But a lot of times you actually do get to talk to to the lawmakers, right? Um, we can't, you know, we're we're realists here. We know that everybody watching the show is not necessarily going to do that, right? But should they should they maybe email as many legislators as they can, or is it is it okay just to I, I mean see who your rep is? We are so used to using emails so often, uh -huh. but what I have found is that if you email a representative, it goes into that inbox, 
they often get so full of other emails, it may or may not actually get read. What they do read are the physical letters, the pen and paper. You know, if you remember how to do that kind of thing, or, you know, you stick your piece of paper in a, in a typewriter and, and, and type it that way if you want to do it that way. Or you can even print out a letter that you do on your computer and send it to the representative. Yet it has a better chance of being read. Really? Absolutely. Hmm. And if you can get in a phone call. A phone least, call. At least to the, to the legislative aid and sometimes the, to the actual one. And some of them are actually doing Zoom calls this year because they actually cut, have cut down on appointments. Okay. So if, if you can't get to Tallahassee, there is a possibility you can get a, a conference call or a Zoom call in to, to a legislator, which is a good thing. Uh-huh. So, okay. Uh, but the I more mean, faces, the better. Yeah, do do whatever you can, guys. I mean, if you, if you can make the phone calls, I, I think that'd be nice if we just, like, you know, I, I'm going to, like, make it a point on, like, a Tuesday when I'm not doing much, right, just to get on the phone and call as many offices as I can. That, that, that is an excellent idea. I think that'd be easier, actually, than writing an email. I mean, it would be easier if they, if they read all their emails, but I can tell you for a fact that a lot of those emails don't get read. And the more emails that come out, the more time that we try to flood their inboxes, the less chance those, those, uh, those emails will get read. Yeah, that that is just the nature. If you talk to any legislative aide from any office in, in Tallahassee or even in, in Washington D.C., they'll tell you the same thing. If you want to talk to your senator, if you want to talk to Marco Rubio, you can't go to his office. You can go to USF and go to his office, but he won't be there. And chances are you'll talk to legislative aide who may or may not put that 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 uh, information. Remember, to, to remember when senator. we went to go uh, speak to DeSantis in his office. I do. And uh, yeah, like we had like a large group of people come in. <laughs> I mean, it was during lobby days and like, you know, we, we were congruent with, I think, uh, uh, with uh, Florida Can. Yeah. Um, but um, sometimes I mess up their name. But um, and, and we we just all kind of rolled in there and like we had like 10 people and DeSantis didn't care to talk to us. He didn't show up. His aides were there. And <laughs> I remember the lady was like actually pretty scared seeing all the potheads walking into their office. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's all a matter of decorum too. I mean, if you come in there with a concerned look on your face and, and a respectful attitude, you will get heard more. I remember there was one time that I was standing outside waiting to speak to a particular legislator. And I had to go past a huge group of people in matching purple t-shirts that were from a local union. And they were out there, and they were shouting things of that sort. And uh, they 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 file out of his office, and I go in next. And I and he said, "You wouldn't have to be with those guys, would you?" I said, "No, I'm not." So why do you ask? He says, "Well, because they came in here, and they were shouting epithets at me, and they were yelling at me." I said, "What did they want?" He said, "I don't know. I wasn't listening to them. All I all I heard was just was just their attitude, and that was the end of it for me." <laughs> I mean, they, they honestly, you will you, get heard better if you say, you, for instance, walk in in a suit and tie. You do have to be professional. Yeah, you do have to be professional. You can't, you can't look like shit. You can't look like a pothead, smelling like weed in there, talking to the senator. I mean, it's okay to say, you know, I, I have the right to dress any way I, I want to. That is true. You do have the right to go ahead and, and dress any way you want to. But realize that these legislators, when they look at people, they would rather talk to somebody who looks like them. Well, it, you might not think like them, but if at least you look like them, you're in the door. You have the right to dress however you want to, but unfortunately these legislators have the right to take uh, to not take you seriously. 
So, and I yeah. may actually have to shave this beard off to, if I go to Tallahassee. Uh, if I find out that a lot of these legislators aren't wearing beards this year, yeah. last year a couple of them had some short beards that, that were really neat, especially Aaron Beans. Uh, he looked like he was coming out of Game of Thrones. It was really cool. Winter was coming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Things are kind of different when I'm the clean-shaven one and you're the you're the guy with the beard. It had to happen eventually. I mean, t- tables turn, man. That's tables right. turn. You know. Well, your your beard has that nice little white thing in the front. Mine thing has the black thing around the middle. So, I look somewhat more demonic, which is kind of cool. I've got like bald spots in my beards. Like 20, 20 has like stressed me out so much i started losing hair on my well neck. you can let then you can just weave across those spots you know that uh, you go to some of those hair things and actually weave across the spots so you can't see them i'm not going to get a weave for my beard <laughs> <laughs> if you want carlos to have a weed for his beard contact us at suncoastnormal.org and while you're at it become a member <laughs> good segue good segue because we're much. running to the end of the show here so well, we have to have that commercial every single time because we we need your support we are a membership-driven organization, and again, the cost of membership is, is nominal, but the amount that you can do is major. Uh-huh. And if you can give us your time or your treasure or your talent, we are in favor of you joining us, and we, you could be part of the change. And as, you, as many of you know, because Gary talks about it all the time, he doesn't get paid for doing any of this. So that's true. So I would like to be able to afford, you know, at least a gas tank for Gary. And we're not going to be able to do that if we're not supporting. You know how hard it is to push a car all the way to Tallahassee? I've, I don't think you can push a car all the way to Tallahassee. It is very difficult. You might as well just buy gas, you know? Yeah, well, I, I don't think you should even try. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> then I won't. <laughs> and, and but we are gonna have a lot of events coming up this next year as well. Yeah, we are looking for a new uh, event. Uh, actually, person. actually, we may have found her. I don't oh, know. Really? Deborah Lamora, uh, the Green Hack House, has shown interest. Oh, excellent! And uh, you know, I still got to run it by you guys, but because we're we're over here at at Chillum, over here in in. in in Ybor City, and they actually have a backyard. You actually have to go around the block and come back in to get to there. But it has this backyard vibe. Yeah, backyard and we're going to have some backyard soon. vibe events. Mm-hmm. That that's going to that's going to include music and and food and fun. We've got and, and discussions and hopefully no COVID partnerships oh. set up with uh, a local music collective called Wave Theory, and these are all really talented hip hop artists and uh, you know singers and. Um, and DJs and all different types of stuff. And uh, yeah, like, so when we had our Suncoast Normal member sesh, right, when we were a holiday member sesh where we got together for Christmas time yes. and it was cold and we had to like cuddle by a fire. <laughs> um, but yeah, these, these artists came and they're hungry, talented ar- artists that just want to be heard and just want to do their, their craft. And they donated their time and, and their music to the event and we had a really really fun time and uh yeah the vibes were great you know while we were having the holiday member sesh everybody was saying like i'm digging the backyard vibes so i think backyard vibes is going to become like a regular thing pretty soon i think it should be a thing yeah and so that's going to start happening you can get uh uh you know we're doing this podcast we uh you can get like face masks on suncoastnormal.org uh what else are we doing how else can they so you can just donate you can become a member you can join a member join the cannabis movement 
And we have things that are going to be changing in this day and age. We actually might eventually have uh, consumption lounges, so you can actually uh, smoke the actual THC stuff, your medicine, uh, outside of your home. Right now, it is illegal to smoke your medicine outside anywhere except for your home or, or some kind of a private facility. And, and again, you have to have permission from the person who's there. But generally, any public use here in the state of Florida is illegal. Don't assume that just because you're in Ybor City, they won't arrest you for smoking a blunt in front outside of any of the stores here. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is a good point. It is illegal to consume marijuana in public. <laughs> uh, but there are, there are companies out there that are actually in, interested in putting together consumption lounges. Uh, I'm working with one right now called Bud's Place. You can check it out at www.buds-place.com and get a chance to find out what it's all about. It's all about the future, and we the future is looking bright. Mm. In fact, it's looking so bright, I have to wear shades. <laughs> I don't know, man. You got anything else to say? I think it, that's about all we can we can fit into uh, our one hour segment right now. So, all right. Before we get cut off of SunCloud and they get kicked off of Pornhub forever, we get, we should probably keep this under an hour. They would never kick you off of Pornhub. They would never, ever. The <laughs> advertising dollars would go down off of Pornhub if you stopped logging in. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know, but for those of you who do, then don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, and on that note, bye everybody. Thanks for joining us in the rotation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>